It's time for another Root Issues podcast where we're going to be digging into the roots of what is our cornerstone. And that for us is Jesus Christ. And we are today going to be jumping in. I'm in the booth today with Lauren. What's up? And Mr. Brave. He's busy right now. Okay. And Miss Alexa. Next time. Hey. And Mr. Woodrow. Awesome. And we are jumping in. Steve took us into Ephesians chapter 2, verses 11 through 22, if you want to cue that up. And we are looking at the concept and the question of, are you at peace? And I would say that there are many people who would say they have moments of peace, they experience peace, but they do not live in a complete state of peace. I am one of those people. My peace transcends all understanding, but I cannot always grab it. It seems like it's a ghost. And so I do experience peace, especially when I close my eyes and go to sleep at night. Nothing disturbs my sleep. Amen. But in the day, I could be raging. And so, yeah, if you're a dude perfect fan out there, I might be the rage guy. (laughs) (laughs) And so, yeah, we're going to be talking about this. In verse 14, it says in chapter 2 of Ephesians, For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing walls of hostility by abolishing the law of the commandments expressed in ordinance that he may create in himself one new main man in place of the two so making peace and so we are reconciled back to god so let's jump in let's talk about peace steve has a great question but i want to talk about this quote first 1655 Mm. I'm not even going to try to get the right name. I'm going to go to UC. William Gurnall. Gurnall. Yeah, the great old Puritan. Okay, Puritan, 1655. Yeah, he's just said you cannot be happy with anything less than peace, but you do not need anything more than peace to fill you with true joy. Um, We're built for peace. And since the very beginning, um, when uh, man fell in the garden, uh, we replace the peace of God, walking with God in the garden, right? Um, ultimate peace uh, with chaos. Yeah. As sin, as, as our spirit was separated dead to God in relationship. And it thrust all creation into yeah. chaos. This is um, even creation itself, we can see, is not at peace. Yeah. And Romans 8 tells us that creation itself is groaning, waiting for that heaven and earth coming back together. Uh, this Ephesians 2, there's so much theology here. The big picture is this two and one the Jew and the Gentile one is mm-hmm. we don't we kind of uh but that is a bigger deal than we realize yeah, as totally. God started his salvation history with the Jewish people follower Abraham and this new mystery Paul talks about is the church is the mm-hmm. through the blood of Christ is that God now has opened up the grace of God yeah. and the peace of God salvation to yeah. all nations all tongues tribes and people um, and this is God. This is the story of history, right? History is not just man-centered and focused. We're to look at history through God's eyes, ultimately, and obviously that's where peace flows. Yeah. So it is only through the blood of Jesus that we're able to have peace, not just with—it starts with vertical, with God, yeah. but that should translate in uh, a horizontal, right, among each of us. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Talk to me, Lauren. Like, do you live in peace? I mean, like, you are like... Lauren seems like she so, walks. She's like, she's just like has that peaceful peace. countenance yeah. on her, you know? <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Wow, thanks for that this morning. Um, I like to think I walk in peace. Uh-huh. Obviously, there's times I don't, but yeah. uh, I think some practice that I learned is like um, in like the mission field, there's something called like a person of peace. Mm-hmm. And it's somebody that like is really ready to receive the gospel or like sometimes when I was like out fishing, which is what we called like sharing the gospel, we would like find people that felt peaceful and they would already know Jesus because like the spirit in me mm-hmm. recognizes the spirit in them. Yeah. And so there's a lot of times that I've prayed throughout my life that like the peace of Jesus and the joy of Jesus would be flowing off of me so yeah. that it like enters every room and people could recognize something. And so I think some of that through the grace of God has come through just that prayer of like, God make me peaceful and make me joyful because okay. that's what draws people to the heart of God is mm-hmm. like encounters with those type of people. Yeah. And so, and then as far as like walking in peace, like, you know, like if Jesus is there, he is the king of all peace and he will make it peaceful. And so yeah. if I'm following him and I'm committed to finding him every day, then I will find peace. Okay. Okay. I mean, that makes sense. That's faith right there too. Yeah. Lexa. No, I know. Like belief. Yeah. Just belief. Like, you know, if you think about like, what do you believe is going to bring you peace? Sometimes it brings you peace simply because you're believing in it. Like once upon a time, it was a can of cake icing for me, (laughs) you know, like that's going to bring me peace. And so, you know, oh, we have cake icing at home. I have peace. Wow. I know. And I mean, so it's like, you know, so it does kind of start with that belief. Like, can you really look at this scripture that Paul wrote and he leaves no room for anything except just the truth that Jesus is our peace. I think a lot of, like, what stands out to me from what you were just saying, Lauren, is the fact that you recognize that that's a need in yourself and for others, and you ask for it. And I sometimes have this phrase, like, going through my head, it's like, you have not because you ask not. I think Mm -hmm. that actually comes from, like, the Sermon on the Mount somewhere, Uh Jesus says, like, you don't don't ask for it, so why would you have it, you know? But I just think it's a testimony, Lauren, of, like... Steve and Chris here were like, Lauren's a peaceful person. And it really is so true because you've asked for it. And people do recognize that in you. So that's also our our God being faithful to answer those prayers too. And I think that brings up just a simple practical point. Uh, if I'm not experiencing any, let's just, any of the fruit of the Spirit, um, but let's just hone in here on peace, is, boy, it, we, we start by asking. Yeah. You know, it, he's our, it, this is... He's come and he wants to pour out his unsearchable riches upon yeah. us. And it begins with a heart that genuinely asks, Lord, please bring your peace. Yeah. Colossians says, right, let the peace of Christ dwell, um, rule, actually, in your heart. Um, and it begins with just asking, Father, mm-hmm. genuinely, come, bring your peace. Show me how to walk in your peace, right? Yeah. Yeah, and when I when I think about Jesus in the scriptures, mm-hmm. he's not anxious yeah. and he's not worried. And mm-hmm. you know, in the Garden of Gethsemane, I'm like, he was intensely praying, but I don't know if he was anxious or worried because he still came back at the end to trusting in the Father's plan. Mm-hmm. And so when I think about as followers of Jesus, we're supposed to be like him. Yeah. And so that means that we don't need to be worried or anxious either because we're following the one who, who knows the will of the Father, you yeah. know, and that will of the Father is always for our good. Yeah. So just thinking about that. I mean, absolutely. I mean, you know, when you think about, like, just the anxiousness that's in our culture today, you know, like if you can go into the store and carry peace with you because you're living in peace and just be able to smile, no 
different people's names, not be in such a mad frantic rush, and not be shocked when there's not so there's no strawberries. Yeah, you know, and just continue to have peace. You can have such an influence on the people in the store. Yeah, around you, you know, because you are carrying something. And then you know, Steve defined peace this way. I don't know. Did you pull this from a dictionary? Or did you define this? Yeah, just from this this chapter. Just from this chapter. Okay. So, what is peace? And you know, for he himself is our peace. Ephesians two fourteen. Peace is only possible through faith in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It is a fruit of the Holy Spirit, a work of God, bringing wholeness, healing, and salvation to the human soul that was fractured and chaotic because of sin. It is through the gospel of peace that people of all nations are able to be one. With Israel as saints and members of God's eternal household. And so that's kind of like this n- breakdown in a nutshell of Ephesians 2 11 through 22 of just this is that. Now, when I was growing up, I thought there were two gospels, you know, only because it just didn't, you know, because people would be like, oh, let's, let's share the gospel of peace. And so I thought there was a gospel of peace, which oh. had one verbiage, and then I thought there was the gospel. The good news. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, so I was, you know, so if you are thinking like I thought, please understand that we're talking about one gospel, this truth, to reconcile us back to God so that mm. we can live with his assurance of salvation and being right with God, which then brings us ultimate peace in anything and everything that's going on in our lives. That's mind boggling. And even that, what, which verse is that, 14, when mm-hmm. he, de- like, destroys the dividing wall of hostility yep. because of his own flesh. Yeah. I, I'm just thinking, like, Jesus came to be our peace. He is mm-hmm. the Prince of Peace. So if he's living inside of us, then we should have our hearts being ruled by peace. But also, yeah. like, to make us have peace with God and then peace between, like, among all of humanity. Yeah. And We've been talking about like the Jews and the Gentiles a lot, and a lot of this dividing wall can be seen in the history of the Jews and the Gentiles too. But just God like restoring all of His people, all of His inheritance into one one group that will be for Himself mm-hmm. at the very end. I just think that's amazing. Like, not only do we just have the supernatural peace that yeah. we can walk in the grocery store and be like, I have something that other people don't have, mm. and it's going to affect change everywhere I walk, right? Yeah. Like, we just shift the atmosphere around us because of the Holy Spirit inside of us. But also, we look outside, we look at 2024, it's an yeah. election year, and things are crazy and chaotic, and there's, I mean, super polarized sides to yeah. politics and Ooh, any yeah. issue. But God also provided for peace among humanity. Mm-hmm. He just is. He's the answer for everything. My mind is being blown right now. I don't know. Yeah. No, I mean when you apply it, like you know, Steve came to us with this question: How does Jesus become our peace? And so that's kind of where we're going to kind of go a little bit as we kind of weave into, you know, what is the community that you live in, and is the community as a whole are they living in peace and bringing peace to you? Do you find security living in that? I was hanging out with somebody last night, and I was just talking to him about, like, just feeling isolated and not feeling connected. And I was like, you know, well, bro, like, you moved to, like, a place where there is, like, such a 
already stronghold in isolation and not being connected, like you're connected fragmentedly to things. And so if you're out there and you're listening and you're like, you just don't feel connected or you feel fragmented, like there's no peace in that because there's so much isolation. And so the question is like, you know, what are you going to do about it? Like, how are you going to put yourself in a community where there are other people operating in the gospel of peace, living that out and passing that on to you? And so you have to make that decision. And so when we think about, like, how does Jesus become our peace? I think, you know, the next quote Steve talks about is, how does confidence that we are part of something much bigger, God's household, give us peace? I mean, this section of Scripture is so deep in theology because it's covering that, you know, everything that was against us has been torn down by Christ's flesh through his sacrifice. And then our reward for doing nothing except believing and trusting and following is the fact that we are now part of God's household, a bigger family. And so I'd love to hear, you know, just you kind of dig in a little bit more on that. Mr. Yeah, Woodrow. I mean, I think there's two things. One is just how, we're, how we view, do we have eyes of, of God on, mm-hmm. on, the, on the whole thing of history, or are we looking at things from our perspective or man's idea of history? Man's idea of history is either uh, purely just you'll have many – uh, gosh, I read it even yesterday. It was just you, you have secular education saying that there is no purpose behind history. It's yes. just kind of random along with evolution, right? Yeah. Um, just chance, fate, whatever. Or you have the very Western, postmodern, modern idea that positivism is yeah. that we – there's the positive. We, we're doing better. We as yeah. mankind, technology, we can improve our history. Um, and, and that's just going to lead us – neither one of those is going to lead us to a place of peace, yeah. only through God's eyes and his larger picture of he's working salvation. He's working this glorious plan to unite all things in heaven and earth together. This is what Paul – you talk about your mind being blown. This is what was blowing Paul's mind, the yeah. mystery of God. Yeah. Look what he has done in this and revealed it uh, you know, more and more throughout history. And the ultimate is through Jesus who brings all things together. It is he is our peace. Yeah. He's the one that brings all this together. And it's built into every human person, right, to understand, huh, where do I belong in this big world? Yeah. You know, where's my tribe? Where's my, we, we, this, you know, this is why you have gangs. This yeah. is why you have, you know, uh, everything else is they fill a void of, of people who don't have a healthy tribe or people or understanding of healthy community um, around the world. Uh, and then the other one is just this idea of we all long for something bigger. We want to be a part of something bigger, right? This is why you have sports stadiums filled. Yeah. I want to be a part of something bigger. I want to have a team. Yeah. I want to have a hero. I want to. Uh, all of this is gospel. Yeah. Every bit of it, and and the gospel fulfills it perfectly. Uh, these universal human longings, right, yeah. for peace. Uh, and to settle in that, obviously these are big things. 2024 is, like I said, we have presidential, all this. Yeah. Man, what if we brought these eyes this or this peace into these conversations and this perspective? Mm-hmm. Um, the end of Ephesians, the armor of God, the last one is the is – the, uh, the last one, but the um, the feet were to shod ourselves with the readiness of the gospel of mm-hmm. peace. Yeah. Man, there's so much there. So you think of Romans 10, how yeah. beautiful are the feet of those who bring what? Good, Good news. news. Yeah. And so back to, I think, what Lex is leading to is that, man, when the peace of the gospel overwhelms me, I can look at history, nothing in the world, no politics, no world disaster yeah. can rock me because I know God is moving this, mm-hmm. and, and I'm his child, and he promises to an eternity of more and more of his grace and yeah. blessing, right, as he brings all things, heaven and earth, together. Uh, 
this, then I'm to be a messenger of peace. Yeah. Blessed are the peacemakers. They should be called sons of God. That is yeah. to be our identity is to bring peace into a situation. Uh, I think it's Luke 10. You brought up the man of peace, yeah. right? But also yeah. Jesus sent disciples out. You enter a house. Let your peace rest on this house. So we carry something so beautiful and wonderful. It's not us. Yeah. We're just messengers of grace, right? But we should realize the treasure we have and that, and it's the gospel of peace. Bring that into people's houses. Bring it into our conversation. Bring it into our workplace. Yeah. Is boy, if we just realize that, um, the power of that and the blessing of that. Mm-hmm. And so when somebody just starts getting off on, let's just the, the stress or the, I mean, look what politics did to divide the church yes. the last round. Yeah. Unbelievable. Right. And honestly, it revealed we as a church, we blew it. Yeah. We did not. We weren't gospels of pe- yeah. uh, ministers of peace. How about this round? When things start heightening up, we bring peace. Yeah. Something Such bigger. A great challenge. You know. So anyway. I mean, yeah. Like when you think about it, like, you know, there have got to be like just some formula steps, you know, to like encourage you, our listeners, and encourage ourselves in just, you know, like how do we find that peace? You know, Steve, you, you, you went on a little bit of a kind of, not a rabbit's trail, but a, not a rant, but you, you gave a very specific thing. You, you were talking about, like, you know, do you live in a house where the TV is always on? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, do you live in a place where there's always the news feed? Like, you are never absent. And so, you know, one of the things that I kind of wrote down when I was, like, thinking, like, hey, what kind of steps can somebody take to live in more peace? And it was, like, you know, you know, check your media intake. Like, how much news? I mean... I'm the worst of the worst of the worst. I like I do not watch news. I don't listen to news. I don't read news. I don't keep up with news. I, I'm oblivious. That's why you can sleep in peace. Chris. I just <laughs> probably so. You know, like no. I just I don't know what's going on. I know what my tribe is doing. I know what my middle school kids are doing. I know what my high school kids are doing. I know like you know twenty mile radius. Those that's my world. And so, but yeah, but I do know people. You know, not gonna throw out my in laws, but my in laws like man, it is always on. It is always it's on. a generational thing. You know, yeah. It's definitely when, a generational. When I thing. go visit family or anybody, but yeah. I'm just the, for me, this is a very personal thing. After a couple of days, when that thing is on cool. all the time, I, I honestly I start to freak out. I mean, yeah. it's just uh, like I can f- now like there's a yeah. physical yeah. right thing that happens of robbing the peace, and so I just throw out noise. Yeah, is there no get rid of the noise mm-hmm. and 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 you know, um, and this even goes while you're driving. Do you have to have the radio on the whole time? You know, on a road trip, do you have to? Yeah, well, that's fine, but not all the time. Uh, am I able to be rest alone and quiet in order training our children to, to be able to do the same, yeah. right? Um, so that noise issue along with screen time is, boy, um, there is, you know, yeah. again, we say it over and over again because it's so important uh, in the sense of, Man, the enemy is is filling noise and 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 consuming yeah. people's time with yeah. screen, so that we're an ang- why why is yeah. anxiety going up? It's it's obvious. Yeah. Well, I, I think that goes back to there is always a message mm-hmm. being portrayed in every kind of media, yeah. and we have to be mindful as believers, like what is the source? Yeah. So if we're listening to the news, if we're on social media, like of course God can like speak his messages through those things as well. But I would say more often than not, it's probably a message of fear or anxiety Mm -hmm. or everything's going down the toilet. Like that is not encouraging. Bad news because it sells. It's bad news. 
It's not encouraging, comforting, or uplifting. And that's First Corinthians fourteen three of like this is what the Lord will sound like. It's encouraging, yeah. comforting, and uplifting. Yeah. And so when we turn down that message, we turn down that noise, yeah. that actually creates space for us to hear the message of God, which mm-hmm. will be all the fruits of the spirit, yeah. like peace and we'll find rest there and yeah. even in solitude it's it's a time when god often wants to fill us with that substance of peace instead of that substance of good. anxiety yeah. or fear yeah yeah i like our our brains weren't created to quite get that much information off of media like we are made yeah. for like some but like i can think i was a i worked for a summer camp for a long time and my first summer was before COVID. Okay. Kids were still like, you know, going outside more yeah. around people, interactions, probably not like iPad time wasn't really a thing. It was starting yeah. to become a thing, but wasn't quite there. And the kids were great, you know, like they could sit still, whatever. Mm-hmm. I went back after COVID to be camp counselor for like two or three weeks. And the noticeable difference in how kids behaved mm-hmm. was like shocking to me and my like co-counselor. Because, A, they are so much more anxious, like, yeah. without having, like, iPads and stuff. Because we they don't get technology at camp. We don't no. get technology at camp. It's a beautiful thing. <laughs> and um, I love, like, watching how they interact. Because, A, by the end of the week, they're starting to be kids again. Like, they're, like, rolling in the dirt, rolling in the mud. We throw them in the water. Like, it's a blast. But then, also, they just, like can't even sit still like we would have this time called fob which is like flat on back you get 45 minutes to just be quiet sleep and they can't do it like they physically cannot sit still long enough to even write a letter like they get so anxious because they don't have watches they don't know what time it is and i'm like there's been a visible impact on the generation below us because of the media and because of how much consumption there is so it's like there is something precious in sitting in silence and sitting in peace Yeah. yeah No, and I mean, you know, when I, when I when I started kind of thinking about media intake and such, and then it was kind of like, you know, you know, I was like, another thing that I need to do is like process where I put my trust. Like, do I put my trust in Him alone, or am I looking for other things to fill those voids to take away the anxiousness? You know, and it's like, you know, so, you know, if you're not a deep reflective person, then you just kind of look around and just observe your own self. Like what gives you that comfort? What gives you that peace? What what where do you find trust? You know, and then can you say that no matter what happens in your life, you know that God is for you and you're putting your trust there because it's all part of that gospel package, you know, of like if you were to die right now, right now, like where are you going? Heaven or hell, you know, and it's it's encanting to me, like, how many people are like, not really sure, and I'm like, what? No, like, you know, but, you know, yeah. there is this, in the gospel message, in this section, there is this assurance of salvation because of our belief in God, you know. I think this goes back to also just the overarching theme of having a heavenly places perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, and what you're talking about, I I have a personal experience. This, this summer, I moved up to Aspen. And I was like over halfway pregnant, so I needed to find prenatal care. And it was the hardest thing to find like midwifery care because someone was on sabbatical, another person was having their own baby. It was just like all a mess. And I kept like having these anxious tendencies of like, oh man, I need to get this figured out. And once I get this figured out, then I'll be able to like chill. Chill. 
I'll have peace. Mm-hmm. And the Lord interrupted my thoughts one time, and he was like, no. And he was like, you will have peace because I will give you peace, not because your circumstances are going the way that you'd yeah. like them to. Mm-hmm. And that was a kind rebuke because I yeah. was I didn't realize it, but I was seeking peace in anything external. Yeah. And the Lord wanted to give me peace just as he wants to give all of us peace through himself yeah. alone, like what mm-hmm. you're saying. And if we have that heavenly places perspective of yeah. it doesn't matter what's happening in this world, I have peace that transcends my understanding that's higher yes. than all these other things. That's that's when I think we're really going to get there. No, and I mean, I think you bring up a very big thing, circumstances. Like, you know, we look for we look at our circumstances and then we decide whether we can be at peace or whether we should be anxious. We might flip over to the app. And, you know, check how much money we have in the bank account. Is everything still secure? Is everything, you know, stable? Did that check clear? You know, and then so the circumstances are bringing us peace. But there's never going to be enough circumstances and enough calmness in our world today, especially as things continue just to kind of unravel a little bit more that will give us peace. And so, yeah, you do look to that. And then the next step that I said is like, you know, we have to come to the agreement that we are not alone. We are part of a tribe, a bigger community. We are part of a family. We are part of something bigger, you know, and that is our church body. Like, you may not always be able to walk in the peace of Christ. I am not known for being, like, not the the so ever calm person, you know. <laughs> you know, but when I'm with the tribe, then I have that. And I mean, and give a story. Like, we do life together with a couple other families, and one of the other families, his son chewed his steak too fast and swallowed. He wasn't in the act of choking, but he had steak stuck in his throat. And so he called me and another father and said, hey, I need you all to come over here. He's a single, he was a single dad at the time. Like, I need you to watch my other two while I take this one to the hospital. we got to get this worked out. And then it became a race between me and the other father, like, who was going to be there first? Like, you know, because we were a part of a bigger community. He wasn't alone. He needed help, and he didn't want to drag the others to because, yes, it was during COVID. So only a certain number of people are going to get in the hospital for good reason. And so, boom, you know, like we're on a race, you know. And then two of my kids were like, we're coming with you because we want to be there to comfort the other two younger ones that yeah, their brother's going to be okay, Yeah, you know. He ends this section, verse 22 of chapter 2, you know, and and Paul shifts here. He gives us a larger idea of what God's doing in history that each local church now is a part of something along with everything in the Old Testament. Israel's all come together in this larger plan of God as one people of God. And then he makes it real practical in verse 22. It's like he points right at the church at Ephesus. It says, in him you also, local church are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. Yeah. Man, if we had that, if we could recover that understanding of mm-hmm. the local church, yeah. is a place we all are being built into this family of God, a dwelling place for God by yeah. the Holy Spirit. Um, wow. Uh, yeah. You know. Uh, it changes and, everything. It changes everything. And the yeah. peace comes in knowing that, man, I, I, this is... This is the place where I'm meeting God, and he's weaving me and my gifts and blessing into this yeah. larger family. Yeah. Rather than the place I pop in and out of, right? Yeah. This is an etern- This is the work of something that's yeah. going to go on and become something even keep bigger. Keep going and keep right? going and keep and going. And the local church is the local expression of the kingdom of God yeah. on earth right now. Yeah. 
And we need to recover that glorious yeah. vision and that glorious expectation of yeah. what God wants to do right among, yeah. uh, among God's people. Yeah. And I mean, my last step was prayer. Like, you know, with the connection of the body of Christ, the local church, the community that you affiliate and associate with, you can get prayer. Like, people will pray. And I mean, you know, we've got a good friend who used to be a pastor on staff here, Brent Phillips, and his wife was in a serious car accident, and he has everybody praying. I mean, he's blown up social media. He knows someday he's going to pay the price for posting all these pictures of Daniela in recovery and such, but... He has got it out there, and she has miraculous recovery still coming, and it is bar none. People are praying. Yeah. Our prayers have an impact Absolutely. in how we defeat the enemy in the spiritual realm. And, and being people of peace and carrying yeah. the gospel peace is realizing I'm constantly blown away the, the people I engage who – Number one, have never had anybody pray for them. Put a I hand know. on them. Yeah. Pray the blessing so of God true. on them. Mm-hmm. Pray the peace of God on yeah. them. Or pray peace over their family or marriage or anything. Um, and even in the church, believers who've never prayed out loud yeah. or even received that themselves, yeah. how many children have never had the blessing of their father praying over them yeah. the love of God and his love? And the church is that place of healing. Yeah. This is where we come to have other fathers, mothers, Absolutely. children, siblings, um, you know, uh, all together. Our, and again, I, just the testimonies of our kids, the blessings, because yeah. they've been in church, that they have received from other, other. all the other yeah. but dads, moms, and friends uh, is a lifetime of blessing. Yeah. That's how God blesses. So, all right. Uh, can I read this quote? I think. Yeah. Um, it's called... So shalom is the Hebrew word for peace. Yeah, shalom Hebrew. is shalom. Okay. Hebrew for peace. Yeah. Hebrew for peace. And this is like one of my favorite definitions because I think I used to think of peace as like a bunch of hippies, like not really doing anything. Like it's not active, you know, yeah. and it's just people sitting around. But in the Passion Translation in, in Danny Silk's book, um, I just forgot what the book's called. Oh, well, he defines it as this and it says shalom means much more than peace. It means a wholeness, wellness, well-being, safe, happy, friendly, favor, completeness completeness offering secure to prosper to be victorious to be content tranquil quiet and restful the pictographic symbols for the word shalom literally means to destroy the authority that binds us to chaos the noun shalom is derived from the verbal root shalom which means to restore in the sense of replacing or providing what is needed in order to make someone or something whole and complete so shalom is used to describe those of us who have been provided all that is needed to be whole and complete and break off all authority that would attempt to bind us to chaos. And so like when we say like the word peace in a like now today and yeah. like English, like we're kind of missing like we're the missing deepness. some of it. Yeah. yeah. And so like anytime I think of that, like I now think of this definition and I'm like, I have the authority to destroy the, th- destroy the authority that binds us to chaos, chaos because I know the Holy spirit and I have deep peace. Yeah. And so like, I'm not like, I don't have to submit to the world and submit to the chaos because yeah. I have peace. And so, yeah, that's, that's pretty I love. And it's yeah. interesting how many of the epistles begin with, especially Paul, grace to you yeah. and peace, mm-hmm. right, uh, in the Father and in the Son. Right? Yeah. So, uh, in other words, those we, we miss, those are not just greetings. There's powerful yeah. authority yeah. taking blessing, right, of, of being, giving off the grace of God and the peace of God. Right. And peace comes as a result of experiencing the grace of God in the gospel. All right, well, God's peace to you this week, Shalom. Thanks so much for tuning in. Seek it out. 
Don't rest in the chaos. Don't accept the chaos, but seek only the true authentic peace of God, which transcends everything. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you have any questions or comments, you can send them to rootissues at ccaspen.com. And until next week, be blessed. The sun comes down. This old world keeps spinning round. I'm here traveling down this long and winding road. Seasons come and seasons go. They take me high, then leave me low. But I'm still standing on the only rock I know. You're my core.